This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Hello, everyone. My name is Pavel Zalinski. I'm founder and CEO of uh, Vs Optima, which is a version excellence platform where you can uh, simulate, explore how your operations and value streams works. The first episode of a series on value stream mapping with guest Pavel Azaletsky. Pavel Azaletsky is founder and CEO of VS Optima, a software company developing the operational excellence platform to ensure business efficiency through process, people, and technology harmonization. Pavel has spent 20 years of experience in the software industry and led the Engineering Excellence Consulting Group at EPAM Systems for the last six years, serving Fortune 500 engineering organizations. All right, Pavel, let's talk about this, this dynamic value stream mapping. Can you tell us what's, what's the, what is value stream mapping and why would anyone care to do this? Yeah, let's start from the definition of classical value stream mapping. According to the Lean, which is the, the origin of value stream mapping techniques, this is exercise that helps people to capture and visualize the end-to-end value delivery flow and processes or activities, if you will, that shows how what people need to do in order to produce the end value to the to the client, to the consumer. Either it could be a product or could be a service. So this is the structure of operations laid on the board. The challenge, though, like why I come up to the idea of uh, dynamic value stream mapping is that we live in the dynamic world and uh, everything is changing always. And if we're talking about cases where we have a very unique product, let's say software development, every time we have a new product to be delivered, every feature is uh, updated the product. So how are we going to reflect what is happening with our backlog, like whether it's growing, whether it's shrinking, like how quality and feedback loops affect our productivity. Like this is the balance of plant and plant work. And there are enhancements that are like people get sick. So how we can model that and to, to really reflect the dynamic behavior of, of development systems. So this is where I come up to the idea of dynamic value stream mapping. Give me a picture of what a value stream map looks like for maybe a software team. It depends on the, how deep you want to go. If you go to like on the high level, so usually start from idea and goes all the way to the production. And we should like focus on the operational unit. Let's say how idea is transformed to the requirements, then how requirements decompose to the to the features, then I'm going to be delivered independently or like pushed together, integrated, and then pushed to the production. So this is like higher level. But you can go down on the next level. What is happening? How you cook requirements? How you cook the features? And so on, where we can talk about DevOps, we can talk about SRE, all these practices can, can sit on there, any of these high-level activities. So cooking features, is that like the software development part? Like, hey, I'm going to start some software development, and I'm going to write the code, and then, oh, maybe made a few mistakes, and I have to debug it, or I'm going to write tests for it yeah. at that level? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is next level, so we can jump there. So like, how, how, what is the journey of the feature from the code commit to the production? So how we get, like, whether we do a code review, how we manage feedback from, from a continuous integration, from test automation, or manual testing, if it's delayed feedback. So there are a lot of interesting aspects of the feedback loops that affects the productivity of engineering work, if it's delayed, noisy, or 
inaccurate. So it's really can reduce productivity. So there's like a dial. You can make it like high level and then you can make it like low level based on a specific role or something like that. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. This idea of dynamic, okay, value stream mapping as a dynamic system. Tell me about that. As a dynamic system. So it is like we live in a dynamic world. Again, uh, the, the, a lot of moving pieces, right? So what we cannot capture on the static picture, especially how feedback loops affect our productivity and actual work. And in software delivery, we have only one person who produce value-added work, if you if you can abstract and say this way, but engineers is actually the coding and the rest of the value chain or value stream actually support and provide the feedback for engineers, whether they are on the right track, whether they violate any quality thresholds or quality, I don't know, tests, whether there's certain deviation from the security policies. So those feedback loops sometimes are unpredictable and can affect the value-added work or feature implementation in a predictable way. So I'm very curious about the dynamic word that you use there. Is there any mm-hmm. meaning beyond measuring a system that's in operation or is there something else going on with there? The idea is to come up and to see how the system works. So this optimum is a platform where you can simulate. You can capture a couple of data points, let's say how long does it take to, to do this specific activity? How often does it fail because of like quality feedback or maybe security, like policy, whatever feedback is. And you can simply model that and see how the system behaves because it's very hard to grasp or like predict the performance of the system without like really trying to simulate it. And on and it's it's rather very easy because there are like very limited number of data points that you need to ask uh, from the team that it uh, gives you the dynamic perspective, okay. This is where the, the queue gonna grows, and this is where we have a lack of capacity, or this is where our feedback loops is like so huge that we need to like invest in our quality automation to either make it shorter, make it more accurate. So those are kind of activities that you can simulate and see the impact. Okay, so simulation. Tell me, tell me more about that. That so the way you've described about value stream sounds, you know, if you will, the the, the traditional sense of value stream from mm-hmm. from Lean, and then the, the but the simulation sounds like a new thing here. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is interesting. It's not actually a new thing. And manufacturing, they start doing that. So like BMW companies, like BMW, they have uh, the whole value stream map, like in real time showing what is going on and they can simulate what would be if like various optimization scenarios. So they kind of top notch, but and we can call it industry 4.0 where we're trying to connect the real flows with the digital kind of realm and see how it behaves in, in digital and do the experimentation there. But there are a lot of other industries that doesn't have such capabilities. So this is why I, I, I believe it's really easy to to help people to 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 see the, the dynamic of the flow delivery. Why do you use simulations? The initial uh, platform right now use a discrete event simulation engine, so which is very popular for for process automation. They also like found that agent-based simulation will be much more useful for Monte Carlo. So we can run multiple experiments and see what would be the deviation from average behavior, if you will. It gives us more insights. So this is what we're working on right now to switch to the agent-based simulation. 
Mm. And we can actually like simulate interesting cases, let's say attrition. So how your developer happiness that in opposite way, like attrition of your developers affect your productivity because you need to hire them, you need to onboard them, you need you need to do a lot of things. And you can also model the financial implication of a specific level of attrition and the value delivery. So this might be also interesting insights for oh. for people who run development. Okay, so you you can uh, build a simulation and then management. You can run scenarios with leadership to help them understand how their uh, decisions impact. Yeah, uh, software delivery. Yeah, yeah, they can they can do the various experimentation. It is interesting, like practice chaos engineer, right? Then you do experimentation of your infrastructure. So the similar thing you can do with this optimal experimenting, okay, what would be if, I don't know, our quality of test automation goes down, like significantly, what would be the implication? If we're gonna have a spike in demand and the new feature requests, or if we need to, like with the existing team, start working on the new product, hmm. and what capacity we need to allocate. Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Check out the show notes and you will find a link to Pavel's company where you can use for free his value stream platform. And there are other things in the show notes too, as well as his article on dynamic value stream mapping and how to contact him over Twitter. What are show notes? Show notes show up right there in your podcast player for easy tapping. If you're not using a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3. And there you will see on that webpage, the show notes. Next episode, more Pavel Azaletsky. I, I, I recall there was an article, I'll put it in the show notes, about how uh, a company bought their mobile developers M1 Max because it was going to save them a, a lot of money, mm-hmm. ultimately, by spending the money to buy these Macs because the build times were going to be so, so sped up so quickly. Is this the kind of thing you could you could determine the economic value of decision-making with your simulation similar to yeah. that? 